0: It's not a product. It's a technology.
1: It's an education challenge.
0: A
2: regenerative suspension.
0: There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. hydro.
2: Innovation in the financing space.
0: The high-speed train is in all our all political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can.
3: Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself
2: level. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Beyond Zero show, recorded in the studios of 3CR Melbourne and syndicated around the Australian Community Radio Network and podcasted at bze.org.au and 3cr.org.au, or whichever podcasting app you choose to use. And don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter as well, which is at BZE Tech Show. My name's Laura, and I'm joined today by my co-hosts, Michael and Kay. Good morning, guys.
3: Morning, Laura. Hi,
2: Laura. Uh, Today, we'll be speaking to Nigel Morris, who is the CEO of Roof Juice, a solar retail company formerly known as Sungevity Australia. It's evolved into a 100% Australian-owned brand, backed by some of the country's best solar professionals and industry partners. Nigel has been involved in the solar energy for more than 20 years, working for small solar companies as an installer, designer and salesman, and for international solar manufacturers as well, helping to deploy thousands of solar systems around the world. Nigel sits on a number of advisory boards in the solar industry, Um, And as well, he's also a prolific blogger and and enthusiastic advocate for the solar industry and electric transport. Um, Welcome, Nigel.
0: Thanks, Laura. Good to be here.
2: Thanks for getting in touch with us this morning. We've got Nigel on the phone today. Um, So before we sort of jump into the nitty gritty of it, um, I just want to get to know a little bit about you. So you've been involved in the solar industry for over 20 years, um, and I understand One of the coolest projects for you um, is the solar garbage bin. What was that? And what's like, is that the sort of thing that got you interested in the area in the first place?
0: Uh, look, yeah, it's 23 years for me and um, I, I struggle to pick a favourite project that I've been involved with, with over over that time. There have been so many. I, I must admit the transition towards storage and, and the potential for electric vehicles is what's really uh, getting me excited in the last few years because uh, it's, it's such a transformative technology and we're right on the cusp of it. I, I, I remember when when solar was uh, was uh, in a similar place, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, it was a niche market, and and I was fortunate to watch it grow into what is now a consumer household product. And uh, uh, we can see now that um, household storage and, and potentially electric vehicles are, are on the verge of that cusp again. So that's, that's hugely exciting.
3: Nigel, uh, Michael here. Um, I interviewed you on this show um, last year, and at that stage you were still running your... Company um, that was basically a business helping solar businesses. You've since moved more to the um, the, the retail end of things with the Roof Juice. Can you tell us about Roof Juice and how it came to be?
0: Sure, um, yeah, and you're quite right. I, I remember our last chat well, and 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 had a, had a wonderful seven years helping solar businesses and doing a lot of industry advocacy work uh, in in my last company. And uh, ironically, one of my clients was a very large american solar company who'd set up Austra- in australia called sungevity uh and they were one of my clients and uh, i was doing quite a lot of work for them and um uh, mid last year the conversation switched to geez nige why don't you just come and run the business for us we've got a lot to do um would you would you consider that and um the time was right for me and i i knew the founders of sungevity and the local guys who had invested in the company and um So I thought a a change was as good as a holiday. So I I dived in and uh, took on the role as CEO and uh, and part investor.
2: Fantastic. And uh, so, can you just give us a little uh, debrief about what uh, Rooftop, uh, sorry, Roof Juice does?
0: Sure. So we're um, uh, we're following on from you know we've kind of grabbed the baton that uh, Sungevity uh, started carrying for us here in Australia and have taken that. Um, uh, on to the next level and so we're predominantly focused on supplying residential solar but we do do some commercial stuff and just done a, a, a big remote community uh, an indigenous community project up in uh, the northwest for example so solar is our bread and butter every single day I guess the key thing that I really wanted to do with this business that, that's working really nicely for us is we really wanted to focus on picking technologies that provided all the technological advantage that we could so our our mantra is smart solar and we're really about uh, uh, doing sophisticated things with solar systems so how do we how do we maximize self consumption how do we maximize the uh, the empowerment that customers get by giving them great data how do we optimize efficiency in systems how do we um, uh, intelligently provide solar that is going to do more for consumers and indeed more for the for the networks and everyone else rather than simply slapping the cheapest solar we can on people's roofs. So that's really what we're trying to do, is, is, is take this business forward, um, selling the absolute latest technology that we can with the smartest features that we can. Um, uh, so that's, our, that's what we do.
2: Right. So a lot of analysis. And uh, I guess you can give us an idea of uh, where storage is at at the moment. So um, Australia is leading the world in rooftop solar with over 1.5 million houses, um, and Tesla is using Australia's solar market uh, as the test market for its storage batteries, with uh, Enphase hot on its heels, I believe. Um, so, what sort of prices will we see for battery storage?
0: Yeah, great question. So storage is a, is a really interesting one. And of course, uh, there's been a lot of press in the last week or so, particularly, uh, on, on TV and with, uh, Tesla's first install. And, um, um, God bless Elon Musk and the hype that he's created. It's, it's a wonderful thing for our industry. Of course, the reality is that you've been able to buy solar storage systems for many years uh and, and indeed there are 40 or 50 other brands out there in the market uh, who've been putting product into the market for some time um, elon's captured the headlines with the first install in sydney of his power wall which is fabulous and very exciting news and um it's a terrific looking product um we can supply the uh, the power wall if if consumers want it um we also supply a number of other products and packages that we think suit different applications so um the Going back to your question about cost, at the moment, for most houses, it's around about $10,000 to put a meaningful storage system uh, onto a solar system. So it's a chunk of money. Mm. Uh, the The real question is, rather than what does it cost, is what does it provide in terms of value? Mm. And, and that's the challenging bit, because it depends what you want to do with that battery. And, and uh, so it's a complex process that we need to go through with consumers to understand what is it you you want to do with this battery? Do you just want to offset your afternoon peak because you're paying a high price or do you want to run your home into the evening because that's when you're there or do you want to try and take it off grid overnight or do you want to go completely off grid or do you want a system that can support you in case of a blackout for example and each one of those different Applications actually requires a different type of product and a different set of features. So a uh, PowerWall fits into that market in its own little niche. We have other products that suit different niches, and that that's the conversation we're having with consumers every day. So of course, the value that you get and the return that you get on your
3: oh, we lost you. Are you there, Nigel? Pushing through the market square. So many mothers dying. News had just come over. We had five years left crying. News guy wept and told us, Earth was really dying. I so much, his face was wet Then I knew he was not lying I heard telephones, opera house, favourite melodies I saw boys, toys, electric arms and TVs My brain hurt like a warehouse, it had no room to spare I had to cram so many things to store Everything in there and all the facts
2: Hello, Nigel. Are you back with us? I am. I'm here. Oh, Great. We're glad to have you back again.
1: Sorry about that.
0: No problem.
2: All right. Well, we'll just get back to it because we've actually lost a little bit of time and we're loving the conversation we're having. Um, Mike, are you happy to continue on?
3: Uh, yeah. So, Nigel, um, you you actually answered some of my next question, which was the sort of backup applications. Um, and I remember in our last conversation you you foreseen the possibility of of quite a major upswing in New South Wales as people come off the feed-in tariffs. Um, are you of those various applications you mentioned, are you seeing any sort of predominant emphasis, or is it the whole gamut of them?
0: Um, that's a good question, and we're we're of course not the only company out there, so I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but I think the sweet spot for storage is certainly for those customers who want to shift their demand out of the peak time and are paying the highest price. Um, what that allows you to do is, A, um, uh, use a smaller storage system um, so you don't have the, the perhaps the higher capital cost um, because you're only trying to meet a proportion of your daily demand. Uh, and, and, indeed, I think that's the area where everyone expected that the market would take off and where products like the... The Enphase AC battery, for example, that's due to launch in, in the next month or so in Australia and that Powerwall and some of the other products. That, that are that's
3: similar. shorthand of grid, grid interactive, isn't it? it?
0: It is, but effectively what it does is for most consumers who are out during the day, it takes any excess energy and dumps it into the battery during the day instead of selling it to the grid at a a measly price. It it instead puts it in the battery and keeps it. And then when the typical family gets home with the kids at sort of three or four o'clock in the afternoon, and prices start to skyrocket in some parts of Sydney around that time, then instead of buying energy from the grid during that uh, sort of four till... 7pm peak, they can then use that solar energy that they stored in the batteries during the day and, and run their home off that. So that, that seems to be the sweet spot for it in terms of getting the economics right.
3: Okay. Yeah, because again, I don't know the pricing in Victoria, but I'm sure it's analogous in, uh, sorry, in New South Wales. In Victoria, we're getting something like 5.6 cents for our uh, feed into the grid and paying something like 30 cents. And it's that sort of arbitrage that you're able to um, take advantage of with the batteries. Um, exactly right. Your your website, Roof Juice, has great examples on how to choose the right storage system. It's, it's really impressive and, and makes it much simpler than I've seen anywhere else. Thanks. Uh, yeah. uh, even my uh, engineer, Kay, was uh, really impressed. Um, hybrid systems are more complicated than than off-grid storage. The, the ones that you just went through, are, are there any totally off-grid ones that, that um, are proving... Take up.
0: Look, off grids. Off grids. One of the many applications for batteries, and and you know, intriguingly, you know, twenty three years ago when I started in solar, all we sold was off grid systems. That was the only market that existed. So uh, that's where I started, and you know, twenty three years later, here I am back at the beginning again, trying mm-hmm. to sell batteries to people. Um, so there's always been a market for off-grid. Um, you know, if you're more than a kilometre or so away from mains and are trying to build a house or, or, or connect a house, um, you'll find off-grid solar uh, 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 much more um, cost-effective uh, and these days much more intelligent, reliable, and in fact better power quality than you would typically get from, from getting a long connection to your home. So the off-grid market's always been there. Uh, I think it'll always be there. It's a small market, but it continues to just plug away, so that's, <coughs> excuse me, tree changes or people who are moving to, to remote areas, certainly people on stations and farms or, or um, um, uh, places like indigenous communities where we did a project recently. So all those kinds of applications for off-grid solar have existed and, and, and the is the actually really well developed. Um, They tend to still use uh, lead-acid batteries, Uh, ironically. um, There's been some work with lithium in that part of the market, but most of it is lead because there is a a very substantial amount of storage required in those applications. And in in those situations, um, interestingly, uh, conventional lead batteries or high-end conventional lead batteries tend to still be the favoured technology, although that's slowly starting to shift.
1: You're listening to the Beyond Zero Emissions show... And we're talking today with Nigel Morris, the CEO of Roof Juice. And we're discussing the exciting year ahead this year for solar power and storage. Nigel, um, AGL's just announced that they're going to focus on the energy evolution in brackets and they're quitting gas exploration and production. Now they are still the um, largest owner of coal fired generation in Australia. But it appears that they seem to be wanting to get behind the meter in servicing the customer's needs inside the house. Is that how you read it, or is there something else going on?
0: Look, I'd love to think so. And, and you know, I commend, uh, really, really commend uh, the um, the change um, in, 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 at least in verbal terms, from AGL. And I, I've met with some of the guys from AGL over the years, and there are some wonderful folks down there who are... Who are genuinely trying to help? Of course, it's a very, very large corporation with very large uh, investments in conventional energy. So, how much of it is uh, is real, and how much of it is um, is just talk remains to be seen. Um, the 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 thing that I'm most excited about, really, about this announcement is is that it shows that the pressure for utilities to really innovate and to really get into this space is starting to mount, and that's really the key thing because uh, at the moment particularly networks and to some degree uh, retailers as well in that space, are really not helping uh, the solar and storage markets particularly well. You look, uh, for example, at the fact that uh, Tesla have announced that SA Power Networks are one of their approved distributors i think it is of their product yet in south australia it was sa power networks who uh who threatened consumers that if they put storage on they'll lose their feed-in tariff and pushed very very hard to penalize solar consumers so you know it, it's still a very um embryonic uh, industry uh, or, or space if you like in the market and uh you know Innovation by retailers and network companies is the thing that is going to get this market rolling and is going to really change the proposition. But at the moment, it's um, uh, it, it's patchy uh, and, uh, and the messages are, are conflicting all over the place. But a great sign uh, to see what AGL have announced.
2: Mm, I agree. I feel like um, it's nationwide. It's extremely inconsistent, um, as you just said, Nigel, moving on to what's coming up, so the Solar Citizens Supercharge Conference um, is coming up and you'll be speaking at the Solar Citizens Conference. It's a three-day national action summit for a clean energy future. Can you tell us a little bit about where it is, um, when it is, and as the keynote speaker, what will you be covering?
0: Mm, Sure, so it's in, uh, in Brisbane. Saturday week starting on the uh, 13th. Uh, it goes 13th, 14th, 15th with a, a bunch of different terrific speakers who are going to be there. Um, some great debate, some opportunity to educate and inform a lot of volunteers and, and uh, community members who have been supporting Solar Citizens over the years. One of the key objectives is really to not only to update everyone and get everyone on the same page but it's also to talk about how we're going to hold the government to account with the impending election that's coming up. Mm. Um, we 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 had a you know a devastating few years under Tony Abbott as he uh, systematically tried to to uh, deconstruct renewables in Australia, which had a, a, a devastating impact. And um, uh, whilst a lot of those policies um, remain in place, uh, we've been very optimistic that uh, Prime Minister Turnbull might change things a little bit, especially given that he's had solar on his roof for the better part of 10 years and really understands this technology and has been talking about innovation. And as you highlight, Australia is is like the canary in the coal mine for storage and, and a lot of other technologies um, uh, from around the world. Um, so w- w- part of the aim of the Solar Supercharge uh, event is to... Um, hold uh, Prime Minister Turnbull to account um, both from his personal experience and personal belief and also, um, you know, how are we actually going to get this innovation in place and how are we going to get the renewables and and the energy transition rolling? And, you know, we see, you know, retailers starting to show signs. We see governments, uh, you know, the Queensland government has talked about a huge uh, 50% renewable target. We've got renewables targets uh, from the South Australian government. But what we aren't seeing yet... Is real concrete policy action from the federal government, and so uh, the solar supercharge event is really about pulling all our ideas together, looking at what the barriers are and and encouraging and putting pressure on uh, prime Minister turnbull 's government um, with the with the election looming to really you know deliver on um, what we know is going to build a great future for australia
2: good, and yeah, you know obviously. Federal election is a game changer. I feel like they might not listen to the UN, but they will listen to votes. So, yeah, very good to hear that that's what's Indeed. happening. Indeed. So the event, is, is it mainly for people who are like uh, individual consumers who want uh, solar power on their homes uh, and who are interested? Or is there a commercial element to it as well for um, commercial installation?
0: Um, look, up. I think it's across all markets, and that's one of the great things about the Solar Citizens organisation is no matter how solar impacts on you, um, and indeed, you don't even have to have solar on your roof, but Solar Citizens is really about bringing together people from all parts of the country whether they're in business or whether they're consumers or whether they're installers or retailers of solar energy like us uh it's about bringing everyone together and and um uh, giving them a common platform to understand what's going on in a policy context to um uh, and, and to really leverage the 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 huge uh influence that that segment of society has i mean we've got mm. Somewhere, on, somewhere around 25% of all roofs in Australia now have solar on them. That's one of the biggest voting blocks in the country, if you add up the number of people that are actually waking up each day and boiling the kettle with the benefit of solar energy. So it's a, it's a collective of people who really want to support the uptake of solar, whether they've got it on their roofs or not, um, and, and, uh, and that's what they've been really successful at.
2: Definitely. The, the policies are currently the ball and chain. That is how
0: Indeed.
1: Nigel, you've um, already answered a question that I had about what you thought of and what is the current government's performance under Malcolm Turnbull in in terms of the support for the solar industry, and I guess the answer is still zero, nearly. Um, yeah, the, the other, sadly. Yeah, sadly, that's right. So let's move on. <laughs> um Unfortunately um, CSIRO is now um, having quite significant job cuts as well which is another um, scary thing when you consider that the Prime Minister's speech in Paris about tackling global warming with innovation now looks like empty rhetoric. It looks like he's keeping Abbott's climate policies and letting the coalition climate dinosaurs rule. How do you see that affecting the solar industry in terms of what CSIRO does?
0: Look, Sarah, I've been, um, been a, a, a mainstay uh, on, on some of the research angles around solar energy for, for a long, long time. And of course, climate feeds into that. Um, I, I haven't dug into the exact detail, but I was chatting with uh, a colleague last night who highlighted that what they're trying to do is shift from proving that climate change exists to now looking for ways to actually adapt. And, and so... Uh, whilst it's a it's a tragedy to see um, uh, job losses and and um, the winding up of a really really important division within SIRO, what I am hopeful is that there may be an expansion in how do we apply these solutions and how do we push for um, the application of technologies and 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 um, uh, equipment and and you know the day to day reality. Uh, the simple fact is that it's ironic that we're even having the debate that we need to even have the debate about whether climate change is real. And this is really where the, particularly the former prime minister was, you know, um, um, trying to pick my words carefully. No, it was bewildering to me that we even have to have the debate about climate change. So Mm -hmm. I'm actually encouraged by the potential to switch CSIRO's focus. Um, but I, um, I, I do think that there's a critical role for them to continue to play, and it's it's sad to see those people gone because clearly there's a role to educate uh, a lot of senior ministers and politicians in the fact that climate change is in fact an issue. So, if for no other reason, I think they should be uh, they, those staff should be kept on board so they can educate our leaders.
3: Nigel, we've only got a minute left. Um, could you just give us an overview of, of how you see? Um, Australia's whole position developing. Um, it, it obviously is depressing in, in the the new data released this week Says Australia's emissions are actually going to grow and not peak until 2030. There doesn't seem to be any further funding for direct action. Um, there's stuff like solar connection taxes affecting the market. Could you just give us a quick roundup up of, of how you see all that?
0: Mm, sure, sure. So um, I guess the short answer is that despite what the government has done, the solar industry uh, continues, or solar consumers continue with, with passion and hunger to want to take up solar. And now we're starting to see that with storage. So despite the lack of leadership, despite the lack of simple actions that could be taken to really open this market up, I think we're going to continue to see slow um, but a steady continuation of the demand for solar and, of course, the growth in, in storage and commercial solar as well. So that's, I guess, the good part about it. What I also see um, um, uh, in, in the not too distant future, and I think indeed by the end of this year, early next year, I think storage will have reached another tipping point yet again. We'll, we'll have some experience with more products going in. We'll have the pressure of FITs dropping off so consumers will feel more compelled to go in. And so we will then reach another point where we've had a bit of a learning experience. We've had some, um, some pilot uh, installations in scale uh, and on the back of that what we're already starting to see uh, and indeed what I'm really excited about is the kind of home automation hey. Hey. piece hey. that fits in so well around We've solar. Just run out Thanks, on, unfortunately,
1: mm-hmm. Nigel.
2: Thank you so much for joining us, Nigel. Um, we'll leave it there. It's been great chatting with you. Um, the You're be- welcome. Thanks, the, guys. By, uh, the Beyond Zero show is brought to you by Climate Solution Think Tank, Beyond Zero Emissions, um, and thank you for listening with us today.
1: Thank you very much. Thanks, Nigel. Podcasts of our talks with a who's who of climate change action are all available at Beyond Zero Emissions. If you have some ideas for this show, contact us at radio team at
0: it's not a product, it's a technology.
1: It's an education
2: challenge. A regenerative
0: suspension. There will be a growing demand for industrial photovoltaics. Pump hydro. Innovation in the financing space. The high speed train is in all our All political lines. Australia is a solar paradise. The market is moving much faster than that. You've got something that's transformational. Solar window in a can.
3: Beyond Zero, global warming science, solutions and action. Taking it to a do-it-yourself level.
0: Did you miss the latest episode of your favourite 3CR show? Visit 3CR's new improved website.
2: Now you can listen to the latest episode of almost every 3CR show with one click, including music... Arts, community languages, current affairs and more. No need to podcast, no need to download.
3: Visit 3CR's website, 3cr.org.au. Then go to your favourite program's page to listen.